0: Good morning, church. Today's reading is from Romans chapter 4, verses 13 to 25. For the promise to Abraham and his offspring that he would be heir of the world did not come through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. For it is the adherents of the law who are to be the heirs. Faith is null, and the promise is void. For the law brings wrath, but where there is no law, there is no transgression. That is why it depends on faith, in order that the promise may rest on grace and be guaranteed to all his offspring, not only to the adherent of the law, but also to the one who shares the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. As it is written... I have made you the father of many nations in the presence of God in whom he believed, who gives life to the dead and calls into existence the things that do not exist. In hope, he believed against hope that he should become the father of many nations. As he had been told, so shall your offspring be. He did not weaken in faith when he considered his own body, which was as good as dead, since he was about a hundred years old, or when he considered the barrenness of Sarah's womb. No unbelief made him waver concerning the promises of God, but he grew strong in his faith as he gave glory to God, fully convinced that God was able to do what he had promised. That is why his faith was counted to him as righteousness, but the words, it was counted to him, were not written for his sake alone, but for ours also. It will be counted to us who believe in him, who raised from the dead Jesus our Lord, who was delivered up for our trespasses and raised for our justification. And this is the word of our Lord. You may be seated.
1: Good morning. How are y'all doing today? Welcome to Desert Breeze. We're really glad to have you here. And uh, also welcome all those who are joining us on uh, YouTube live. So today we are talking about the application of faith. Uh, last week we did, it was, um, we, we built up, like, how about being, being proud of your faith and, and, um, and boasting in that? And today, we're, it's how do we apply that to our lives? Uh, before we pray, though, and get started, I have a question. How can you have two people going through extreme hardship but have two different responses? One responding with peace, poise, and perspective. But another responding with panic or self-pity or despair. Some of you might be feeling that or will feel that or have felt that. And if that's true, like you're in, you're in the right place today. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, as we come before you today... We ask for your guidance and your strength as we talk about faith. Help us to trust in you completely, putting our faith in you as our good, faithful, and loving Father. In Jesus' name, everyone said amen. Let's so go ahead and uh, grab your notes and also uh, and grab your Bibles because I'm going to be going right through these verse by verse, and I think it'll be helpful if you're reading along with me. So in today we're in as we read in Romans chapter four verse thirteen. If you don't have a Bible and you have the app, totally fine. I won't judge you. I won't think you're looking at sports scores, which I don't think any sports are happening today, unless maybe you like hockey or football. But I mean soccer. Um, But you know it is what it is. If it were possible to work hard enough to overcome your struggles. And to truly live a righteous life, there would be no need for faith in anything. But it's not possible. We all fall short. But the good news is that our righteousness is not based on our obedience to the law. But through God's promises, through God's promise that is realized through saving faith in the blood of Jesus Christ. Last week we covered Abraham and how he was credited, he was given, he was credited righteousness, it was counted to him. And this so that salvation is a gift and is not earned. To recap, this credited or counted is being regarded by God as holy and perfect even though we're not. We're unholy and imperfect. And to be righteous is to be having, having the praise and applause of God. So we're counted as righteous, even though we didn't earn it. We, we receive the praise and applause of God. He looks at us and, is, and he loves us and is fond of us. And it's not on our own doing. But it is a gift. And it is, this happens through faith. But, but what can cause someone to lose faith? I'm not talking about losing salvation, but this disheartening that happens. See, we lose faith when we get confused about what faith is not. I'm going to read from the text here, uh, Romans chapter 4. For the promise to Abraham and his offspring that he would be heir of the world did not come through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. See, this is not about obedience. Faith is not about following these rules, making sure you're good enough. And then he goes on. I, I like, so we have that statement where it's, he, he brings out, he's like, this is not through the law. Paul says, it's not through the law, but through faith. And then he flips it. He says the opposite. Or, or he kind of shows us the reverse view of that. And it is for if it is the adherence of the law, who are to be heirs? So if it is actually the law, then faith is null and the promise void. See, the promise to Abraham and his offspring would not come, does not come through following these rules and regulations. But Abraham was saved through faith. And as, as heirs, that is how we are saved. It is not through following these rules. See, first, again he says in verse 14, it's if the adherence to the law, sorry, if it is the adherents of the, of the law who are to be heirs, faith is null and the promise is void it's worthless it doesn't even mean anything. If Abraham was saved by, by the law and not faith it means nothing it' be faith is irrelevant see there's two opposing things in this in this, this first part and that is there's law and there's promises. The law says, do good, good will happen. But the promises, good is coming. God has a plan. Believe it. See, faith is not this obedience that we have to do, but it's living in the reality of this promise. We can also lose faith by forgetting what this promise is, forgetting the promise of God. And to call back to, to 14 again, is like, if adherence to the law, I'm sorry, if it were adherence of the law who were to be heirs, it'd be null and void. And then on to 16, that is why it depends on faith. In order that the promise may rest on grace and be guaranteed, it's guaranteed to all of his offspring. Not only to be inherent inherent of the law, but also to the one who shares faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. See, that promise that God made to Abraham, it's to us as well. That we are saved by faith, not by works. And as it is, it is written, I've made you the father of men and nations in the presence of the God whom he believed. Who gives life to the dead and calls into existence things that did not exist. See, we are guaranteed grace through the redeeming power of Christ's death on the cross. And this is for all who believe. And it's not just that. Because that would be great in and of itself. That's enough. But it's also Jeremiah 29, 11 through 14. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper, not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. And then you will call on me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you. He listens to us. When you seek me and find me, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all of your heart. I will be found by you. It, we just have to seek him. That's, and he has a plan. So there is a hope. And it's, this is... It's just not salvation from sin, but it's also he gives him himself. He gives us hope. So how did Abraham live by faith? See, Abraham went through, had a hard life. A lot of things seemed a little weird. But faith for him wasn't about denying reality. So faith isn't about denying reality, but trusting God, even in seemingly impossible circumstances. Romans, like verse 18, in hope he believed against hope that he should become the father of many nations as he had been told. God told him and he believed it. He did not weaken in faith when he considered his own body, since, which was as good as dead since he was about a hundred years old. Or when he considered the bareness of Sarah's womb, his wife who had never had kids. Faith isn't about about denying reality. Abraham knew he was old. He was very much aware of it. I mean, as I get older, not as old as my dad, but (laughs) our bodies hurt. It's starting to hurt a little in the mornings and we know. It's like he's not, he's not in denial of this. Abraham knows. He's getting up there. See, Abraham was, and it kind of look back, Abraham was 75 when God made the promise of a son. 75. And he waited 25 years for that promise to be fulfilled. That is a long time to wait. He's like, God, I'm, I'm getting up there in years, man. Like, what's going on? Approaching 100. But it happened, and God fulfilled his promise to him. Faith is also, it is actively trusting in God's power and faithfulness. It's not a passive belief. Verse 20, no unbelief made him waver concerning the promise of God, but he grew strong in his faith as he gave glory to God. He continued on. 25 years. And that's just one promise he made him. Fully, He gave glory to God, fully convinced that God was able to do what he promised. He knew God could do what he promised. And he knew this through past experiences. Abraham knew God always did what he said he would do. Wasn't always in the timing he expected. He might have thought, oh, God, you should... This, I don't know how you're going to make this happen, but he still believed. And a lot of times when we're getting that discouraged feeling, we have to remind ourselves God always does what he promises. Just not always on our own timing, on the timing we think. Next is your faith must be grounded in Jesus. The object of your faith matters. 24 but for ours also, it will be counted to us who believe in him who raised from the dead Jesus our Lord, who was delivered up for our trespasses and raised for our justification. Faith in Jesus is all that matters. And who Jesus is matters. The Jesus we believe in matters. There's a lot of people that talk about Jesus. Oh, he was a good man. He was a good person and a moral teacher. But just believing Jesus was a good teacher and he said some good things, that's, that's, not, that's not faith in him. That's just reading a history book, maybe studying philosophy. See, unless you believe Jesus was born of a virgin, actually lived, actually died, physically rose from the dead, And did this for your sins, then your faith isn't grounded in the truth of who Jesus is. And only faith in Jesus of the Bible counts for anything, everything else comes up void. And without that faith, there is no real hope. So, how do we ground ourselves in that saving faith? Well, first is we cultivate fellowship and friendship with God. See, it's, it's not the size of your faith, but the object. The object matters. And it's not the size, but, but who we have faith in. If you want your faith to grow, get to know the object of your faith. The closer you get to him, the bigger your faith gets. And that comes, so if you want you to grow stronger, get to know Jesus more. How do you do that? You spend time with him and his followers. Spending time with Jesus and his disciples. Us. Fellow Christians. Getting to know him. Personal time. Hanging out with with other believers. Getting involved in a small group. We saw the stats. 80%. That's Eight out of ten people here. That is the way you grow your faith: spending time with Him and others who love Him. Faith is also learning to apply the truth of who Christ is. And I put practicing the presence of God. So in remembering who He is and in remembering that He's there for us, Deuteronomy. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified of them. For the Lord your God goes with you. He's with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Even in those dark times, he's there with you. Even if you're not feeling it, he's there with you. And, and, And it's... Practicing the presence of God is just that. It's practice. It doesn't, it doesn't just come easily. It's constant and reminding yourselves. It's, it's setting up that time and diligently, like reading every morning or just praying, just sitting. Just sitting in prayer, just hanging out. Be like, God, thank you for today that I'm able to do what I need to do. or Thank you for these delicious eggs because they're very expensive. Thank you that I could buy eggs. But, like, it's th- thanking him and just being, and just being in the moment with him. For me, um, when, I, when I start to get, because sometimes, I think, like all of us, we, we forget. We get misaligned. And I want to share a verse with you that I, that uh, when I get misaligned, I like to go to this, this passage. And that's uh, Colossians 3. Right right at the beginning, uh, one through, uh, Colossians 3, 1 to 3. Since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is. Seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on earthly things. Set your mind on things above, not on earthly things. Too often we're not practicing His presence. We're getting distracted by the things around us. Comes to mind the Story uh, in the New Testament where, where the disciples are out on a boat, and they're alone, and they see what they think is a ghost, but it's Jesus walking on the water, and Peter calls out to me, "If that's really you, call me out, and I can walk on the water." He calls him out, and he does. As he's, but at some, at one moment he he gets distracted by the waves, the waves of life, hardships are going on around. It distracts him, and he begins to sink. See. When we keep our eyes on Christ, when we're spending time with him, he's there for us. But it's us who get distracted. We're the ones that are fickle and run away. Not him. He's always there. Next is we preach the gospel to ourselves. See, faith is not this denial of hard reality, but, but that our God is greater. It's reminding ourselves our God is greater. It's not turning a blind eye, not burying your head in the sand. It's like, oh, yeah, life is great. It's hard. But it's... See, we, we're, it's, it's the setting your things on, to kind of go back to that other verse, uh, Colossians 3, setting your mind on things above, not on earthly things, reminding yourself that God is great. See, that our right standing with God is not based on our own obedience, to a list of rules and regulations, but through God's promise realized through saving faith in the blood of Christ, that we have hope. He lived the life we should have lived and he died the death we should have died. And that brings hope that we don't have to earn this. We will always fall short and that's okay. That's a good place to be is knowing that and knowing that you you still have hope in him. See, the application of faith or the grounding of ourselves in saving faith really is about narrowing the gospel gap, which I know we've talked about a few times, this, this, the gospel gap being this disparity between my beliefs and my behaviors, the things we believe, the things we say we believe, and how we respond to life's circumstances. And narrowing is, is a process, too. It's, like, it's not like one day we just get it. We'll have days where that gap is smaller and other days where it's larger. But it's a constant process that God is doing on our hearts. Uh, For me, to, to be transparent, like this last few weeks have been really hard. And I'm realizing God's using like this study and then the last study to like really work on me. And realizing that like all of us, we get distracted by, by things that happen, whether it's like, for me, like a work project didn't turn out the way I wanted, and I got less than satisfactory feedback. And that impacted me more than I think it should have. My beliefs say, no, God still has me, it's all right. My identity is not in my performance, but I didn't feel that way. And then, I, and then sitting in that, you're like, and then I'm thinking like, oh, did I even... Recently, I moved jobs. I'm like, did I pick the right job? Did I make the right choice? Am I going to lose my job? So when, when that happens, I'm like, What's, what do I have faith in? I guess I have faith in me and my ability, not in him. Where is my worth found? I mean, I say I find it in him, but my response doesn't say that. See, there was dis- there's disparity. When those happens, like, I recognize there's a disparity between those two things in me. So what if I lose my job? I've been unemployed before. God came through me, came through us then, and he will this time if that happens. Life's hard. We're go- Like, it's, if you have not had hardship in life, it's coming. So I remember being, so that first time I was unemployed for, I think it was, it was approaching 90 days, which isn't terribly long, but when you don't know when the next paycheck's coming, God provided. And I can tell you, during that time, I did not have an overabundance of hope. At least I didn't feel it. But I, but I knew what I said I believed, and I still trust him anyways. See, it's not about not having these thoughts and feelings, but narrowing this gap, this gospel gap. It's it's the response time. We're all there. We all have things, but there's hope reminding ourselves for I know the plans I have for you declares the Lord plans to prosper not to harm plans for a hope in the future and that when we call on him he listens he's there and then when we seek him we will find him he promises that so so how can it be that two people have different responses Well, one, the key is one is seeking Jesus with their whole heart, whole heart, not half-heartedly. Not sometimes when it's going well or, you know, we only show up when life's going good. Well, then you don't have anything to draw on. Always pursuing him, always. And then the other is trying to do it on their own. Pulling up the bootstraps and just going at it. We'll get it, just power through. Maybe you might make it for a time, but how long? I want to um, share a verse, um, that's something that also, like how I was feeling, and this is something that when, when you're feeling this, reminding yourselves that even David felt this, this, this lack, this loss of faith, this hopelessness. Psalm 42.5, why downcast, O oh my soul, why are you in turmoil within me, hope in God? For I shall praise, so I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. My soul is cast down within me, therefore I will remember you. Remember him. He's there. There is hope, and the only way to get through him is with him, but through life's hardships, extreme. So if you find yourself in a place, so if you find yourself today in this place where you just feel this, where you'd say is, I do not feel an abundance of hope. Seek Jesus with everything you have. That's the only answer. If you want prayer this morning, I'll be up here with any available elders. I'd love to pray with you, love to talk to you. But I just want to encourage you there is is hope. There is hope. Why downcast all my soul? David felt it. We've all felt it. Therefore, I will, I remember you. Remember him. Pursue him with all of your heart. That's the only way with everything. Don't keep things off. I'm like, oh, God, plus this. Uh, But I don't want to give him that thing. It's everything, it's the only way. Let's pray. Thank you, God, for the example of Abraham that in his faith in your promises, And we pray that you would help us to apply his example of faith in our own lives. That it is not hopeless. That we pursue you with all of our hearts. Thank you that we know that if we seek you with all of our hearts, we will find you. And that you, and in you, we have a hope for a future. We ask all these things in your son's name our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Have a good week.